Hi, everybody. Welcome to Founded Connect, where our resource providers connect live with our members. So today we have new sponsors here that we're highlighting a little bit different from last week. We're going to talk about some crowdfunding and other things going on in North Carolina that are exciting for investors and startups. So today I have two guests with me today, Will and Anya, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Go ahead, guys. Now, Anya, you want to go first? Yeah. So my name is Anya. I'm the community manager at Crowdfund NC. I'm a Raleigh native. I've been around Raleigh founded for a few years, and I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. Hey, I'm, I'm Will McGuire. I'm the head of disruption for Crowdfunding C. Um, I'm a North Carolina native, have family through and through the state. And uh, Raleigh Founded was one of the first groups that supported Crowdfunding C when we got on the ground. So happy to be here. Awesome. We're happy to have both of you and I'm excited that you guys connected. All right, so I'm just going to start out with some basics because as you guys know from our community, we have some super successful co um, companies that have really come a long way. And then we also have your average startup that maybe is two or three people with a brilliant idea that are just kind of hitting the ground running and need capital. So um, just explain to the average person in our community what exactly crowdfunding is. And yeah. you can speak specifically to North Carolina if you'd like. Yeah, sure thing. Anya, did you want to go or do you want me to? Uh, you can go ahead and kick it off. Okay. So uh, crowdfunding generally is broken down into two camps. Um, one is rewards-based crowdfunding. Everybody I'm sure here is probably familiar with like the Indiegogos of the world, the Kickstarters of the world. And often yeah. with that, you're getting some type of perk. So what, what investment crowdfunding is on the flip side is the ability for companies to put out an offering, uh, investment offering to their crowd, and allow people to literally take an investment stake, whether that's debt or equity in the actual company. So it's kind of like micro angel, if people are familiar with the term angel investment. Gotcha. Okay. And then who is eligible for crowdfunding and how does a startup go about seeking crowdfunding? Because I feel like a lot of people just don't know much about it. Yeah, great question. Um, and Anya, I'm going to turn part of this over to you as well, because I think you'll have some insight here with NC Grind to show people. But essentially, any company that is not a disregarded entity, meaning they're not a solopreneur, is essentially able to use the new laws that allow for investment crowdfunding. And most of these are done on platform. And the beauty is companies can even raise up the 50 million this way from people that love, know, and trust them. Um, they set the terms, meaning that uh, they want to accept people for as little as 50 bucks or 100 bucks. They can do that. If they want to do debt and offer some type of interest rate out to people or revenue share, they can do that. If they want to make people physical stakeholders in their company, they can also do that. So since all this kicked off back in uh, 2016, uh, there's been over 80 different industries that have leveraged it. So it's a wide base of different companies that can leverage it from the early stage venture all the way through the uh, 
next potential Red Hats of the world. And wow, okay. Funny enough, I think some context here may be helpful for everybody. Uh, I know we're doing a podcast, but Anya, do you want to talk a little bit about ncbrine.com and why we stood that up with partners? Absolutely. So a lot of, together with a lot of our partners, we all love North Carolina. We're based in Asheville, Charlotte, Raleigh, just all over the state. And since we're so passionate about our state, we wanted to find investment opportunities that were close to home or even coming out of our backyard. And so along with a few other partners, Crowdfund NC put together a little website called ncgrind.com. And it's just a centralized resource for anything pertaining to North Carolina with equity crowdfunding. So if you're an investor, you can go on there and see the current offerings that are in North Carolina. We have nine offerings up there right now that's being updated on a daily basis. And if you're a startup, you can go and see what's currently available, but you can also see a list of all of the successful businesses that have raised through this method. So you can hear stories from the entrepreneurs who have leveraged this method and just understand a lot more about what equity crowdfunding is. Awesome. Um, is that the website that you guys showed me last time when we were live on Zoom? Yes. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So say I get on ncgrind.com and I purchase um, or put $50 into a company. What, what happens next? Like, what does that waiting period look like? What do I just sit tight for a long time? What does that look like for beginners? Ah, great question. Um, Lewis Sheets from Institute's Entrepreneurship Program asked a very similar question the other day. So I think maybe the best way to explain that is to compare it to what people know. So a lot of people out there use like a TD Ameritrade account or the newer ones for the stock market or like the Robin Hoods of the world, where you can go in there and literally place a stake on an Amazon or an Apple or one of these companies that's public. The, you know, and you can do that in an instant, right? You can make a trade and then instantly you can trade it out. Well, that's mm -hmm. all companies that are already on the stock market, which means that you can actively trade them in real time. But has anybody ever asked the question, what happens before companies on the stock market? What happens before an Amazon or an Apple or any other company on the stock market ever went public? Where'd they get their funding from? And so that's the type of securities we're talking about here, which are these, what are called private market um, offerings that are up on NC Grind and on other platforms across the, and on, on platforms, I should say, across uh, the nation. There's 55 of them right now that are active platforms. And so in this world, when somebody's putting money into it, there's really two buckets. There's equity and there's debt. In an equity offering, somebody's placed into your point, let's say somebody has an opportunity to invest in a company for as little as 50 bucks. In an equity offering, they're generally waiting for that company to scale. So let's think about what type of company this is. Um, everybody here is probably familiar with a Red Hat. Um, everybody here is probably familiar with like a Pindo that's on the call because Pindo, you know, grew out of the, the Raleigh-founded yeah. space. When that company first started out, if we think about a Pindo, well, they haven't really had an exit. So people that put money in them initially, 
they're still waiting for their their money to come back with the return they got. There's no, hey, I can't trade it actively. So that that's kind of what an equity offering is like in this space. And you have many companies that, you know, aim to grow that way and a majority of them often fail. So in this world, we tell people that you're, you're normally going to fail on most investments, or that's what the data shows is most investments fail on those equity like offerings um, just because of the early risks that people are taking on. And some of those companies may never be stock market companies. They may have other opportunities to, to have an exit to return that capital. But when people are putting their money in, they're waiting often three, five, seven, 10 years or never to get that money back. If we flip gotcha. that over to say like a main street business, what's often typical for say like a coffee shop or a brewery or, you know, like the favorite places that we go that are revenue producing all on the way. Um, they may be profitable all on the way is that those companies typically do what's called a revenue share offering. And the way that works is that let's say somebody puts a hundred dollars in. Well, that company may have said, Hey, look, I'll return 150 back to you. I'll give you 1.5 extra money and I'll do it over a period of time. Let's say five years. And that type of offering, what's happening there is the company is literally taking their, their revenue. So if they produce a hundred thousand dollars that year, they're, they're taking like five cents on every dollar they made or four cents or whatever they set and paying back that, that hundred dollars that you invested and other people invested along the way. And the beauty is since it's based on a revenue projection, if that company instead did $200,000 a year, because their crowd helped them grow, helped them get customers, guess what? The crowd gets paid back twice as quick as they were expecting because it's based on top line revenue. And typically what's happening along the way is that people aren't waiting three, five, seven years to get paid back. I mean, literally one of the investments I did in Western North Carolina late last year that closed early this year, I got my first check payback from my investment that I did with them just this past week. So revenue share offering allows people to be paid back typically on a quarterly basis. And sometimes there may be a little bit of deferred, you know, payment. They may not pay for six months or a year, but then they start the payments. But there, there's a whole different, you know, there's a complete op opportunity for people to be able to take stake in both equity or these, these revenue share slash debt type offerings. And, you know, I guess we should probably do the disclaimer that this isn't investment advice. This isn't, we're not CPAs or attorneys or broker dealers, but we think it's really cool that now the community has the opportunity to directly interface with these companies in our backyard and decide, Hey, as Americans, do we want to, you know, as Americans, as North Carolinians, do we want to take a stake in our backyard? And now we've got the opportunity to do it. So, we think it's yeah. pretty cool that the regulations have changed and allow people to do that. Yeah, it is yeah. very cool. And I think a lot of people are just ill-equipped with the knowledge. Anya, were you going to say something? Uh, yeah. I was going to say that I think that it's really exciting that we, we all kind of sing the tune of shopping local. And so you can see people in downtown Raleigh or over by Moore Square, and they're going to the coffee shop or to the retail store 
And this is just another way to shop local, essentially, and support those local businesses that we know, love, and trust. Yeah, yeah for I sure. Like, I like Anya's answer better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> so for someone to actively participate in crowdfunding as an investor, are there any requirements for these people? Like, could a layperson like Sarah at Rally Founded do it? Or are there some, like financial requirements or anything like that? Great question. It, it, it really depends on the offering out there, but for large in part, um, everybody has the ability to participate regardless of how much wealth they have. That's one of the beauties of this new investment crowdfunding stake is it levels the playing field for people to become aware and have access to those opportunities directly in their backyard and across the rest of the nation, to be honest with you, but we're heavily focused here in North Carolina and stuff that impacts here. And so somebody from, let's say, Colorado could invest in a company in North Carolina. It doesn't have to be like local, you're here, you invest here. Absolutely. And that, that's one of the reasons that not only we, but also several of our partners get excited about this is because as everybody here probably knows, North Carolina is a special place. And what I mean by that is you can have somebody on the far left, the far right, uh, in the middle, all have a conversation and still walk away friends. Like we've got a huge diversity of not only political views, but business views, business types, companies flocking from California and Boston and other places here and vice versa. So we've got a really nice regional ecosystem across the entire state for people to participate. And now we have the um, opportunity to all co-participate in the investing process together, um, no matter where those companies come from. But oftentimes we're finding that North Carolina companies also have arms in other states. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, I know we talked a little bit about your biggest FAQ and I'm going to hit you with it now, um, which is why is this the first time I'm hearing about this? So for me, I know when we first kind of had our kickoff call to talk, I was like, wow, this is in my backyard. Like I could be a part of something um, bigger than myself. And I know, I think you had mentioned that Anya had kind of taken her first investment. So um, talk a little bit about that, why this is the first time that people are really hearing about it when, I mean, for you, you guys probably eat, sleep and breathe it, but for other folks, it may be very new and exciting. Well, Anya, why don't you give your experience since yours is fresher than mine? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I recently graduated from Meredith College and I was very involved in the entrepreneurship program. And so we went through the program and when we were creating our own businesses we kind of thought that the only way to fund our business was through a bank loan or self-funding and then after i graduated i was like okay there has to be something else out there and you can talk about the power of linkedin all day every day but it just connected me with will and taught me about equity crowdfunding. And I really think that the infrastructure just isn't there for people to know because they gravitate towards what they're used to with the stock market. But as soon as I dove into this world, it was amazing to see all of these various businesses that I could invest in that were near and dear to my heart. 
And so a couple of weeks ago, I went ahead and took the plunge and I made my first investment. And it was just really awesome because as a recent college graduate, I don't have that much disposable income, but the minimum investment was only $100, which is nice that I could give that onto a business without having too much financial strain on myself. And now I'm trying to sing it from the rooftops. Yeah, I love it. It's inspired me. Like I definitely checked out the website that you guys um, brought up on that Zoom call. And I was like, okay, I told my husband, of course, we had the TJ Maxx joke, but I was like, <laughs> you know, no one would bat an eye at spending $100 on a dinner and drinks, but we never think that we have the power, I don't think, to invest locally. So I think really raising awareness to the NC grind and all that is super important because people actually have more power than they really think. Yeah. And, and to both of your points, I mean, that, that's kind of how I'm thinking back to my initial investor journey back in 2016. I first learned about it because I found a platform where I could find companies. And I was like, wow, this is really cool that we can do this. And I didn't know anything about it at the time either. Didn't know about the private markets, knew about the public ones, but didn't know about these private ones. And so I found that really neat that all the Q&A about what this world was and how to go about it and the risk associated with it and how you don't invest more than you're willing to lose, but you have the opportunity to take a, a stake on companies. That, that was really neat to me. So then when I got into it last year from, um, hey, let, let's see if we can make this opportunity more available to companies in North Carolina and those who would like to participate collectively as a community on the investment side. I thought it was really neat that uh, the community really drives this, you know, it's something that people can understand. I mean, there's been uh, to give me an example that's on the, the further end, you know, we've talked about main street. We've talked about Pendo. What about pancreas companies? You know, my dad just died this year from pancreatic cancer. There are companies, uh, there's actually an artificial pancreas company, one of the first ones that ever did this, and then went on to raise serious capital from professional investors, over $136 million, after doing their public side raise where they raised over $1,070,000 from people. Wow. I mean, it's an amazing world what is out there and what people can understand because we have all this tech to understand it. The, the only difference now, back to your question, is why is this the first time we've heard about it? Well, think about it. Since 1930s, we've had these laws in place called, largely based on wealth status. It's called an accredited investor. And so people ask, well, what's an accredited investor? And the answer is, it's generally somebody defined as someone who has a net worth of a million bucks or makes $200,000 or 300000 or more. Well, guess what? From 1930s until about 2016, 2015, 2016, if you weren't accredited, uh, you weren't able to participate for the most part. What's really ironic about that is that 95% of accredited households don't even know the term because we haven't had any education on it for the past 80 years, at least not broad-based. And so what we're finding in this world is even on these public side offerings, we're talking about smaller dollar investments but we're also finding that a large part of the dollars going in are from new accredited investors. These, these households that have this wealth status, they're active in the community. 
they participate for the same reasons that a uh, newer person who's non-wealthy would. They just had no idea they could invest in their backyard. And so you see people writing larger dollar checks in these campaigns that are public as well, just because the awareness and the education and the access is provided that's been missing for 80 plus years. So it's a really, really neat world. Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely intrigued and um, I wouldn't say on an average day that financial investment would intrigue me, but I find it super interesting, especially as an entrepreneur myself and just kind of being minded that way, especially socially. So um, that's great. And I think it's great that we're having this episode because I feel like there's so many new companies and people in our space, even that are probably some great entrepreneurs, but they still don't even really know. So I think this is super important. Yeah, and I think some of your viewers may be saying, well, $100 still sounds kind of steep to take a chance on something that's brand new. And for a lot of people, that may be too much. I think what's kind of neat is that one of North Carolina's success stories called groundfloor.us, um, they're actually born out of North Carolina when all these laws were starting to change at the state level and the federal level to allow this investment crowdfunding broader-based community. And uh, they ended up moving to Georgia, but, but groundfloor.us provides opportunity for people to invest in house flips for as little as 10 bucks. <laughs> so, I mean, even for somebody that's brand new to the model that for the price of two coffees from Starbucks, maybe three, depending on what you drink, <laughs> you know, people can go learn about the uh, house flipping business and the real estate business from that side with, with small dollars and work with the community on that. And obviously we're not actively telling people to go do that, but it, it's kind of neat that we live in a world where there are people out there providing that type of opportunity just because they want to help drive awareness and education and access for a broader based public to get involved. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, tell me and what you love about Rally Founded. What's drawn you to our community? What kept you involved with our community? Um, just kind of a shameless plug as to why you love us. Yeah, I'll go ahead and kick off and I'll yeah. paint a picture of the first time that I ever walked into Raleigh Founded. Uh, it was about four years ago, I believe, that one of my friends was like, you have to come check out this place. It's where a lot of entrepreneurs just all work together. And from the moment that I walked into the door of Warehouse, I could just feel the passion and the energy of everyone collaborating and working together. And just the amenities that are provided, how you can choose to have a suite or you can work out on the co-working floor, you have an espresso machine, because heaven knows we all need that little 2 p.m. pickup. Um, I don't know. The second that I walked through the door, I could just feel the innovation and passion coming from everyone working in the space. And that's honestly what I love about it is that you can tangibly feel everything coming out of there. For sure. For sure. It's a, it's a buzz. It's a vibe. Will, yeah. how about you? Uh, I'd add to that. That, that... I felt all the same emotions when I walked in there, but all, and also the, the reality of the people were building um, ideas that were real. you know, some of them, a large part of them may fail, but there's a community to help back 
the entrepreneurs there that are growing and scaling, whether it's a single person shop or the next, you know, red hat of the world. And I found it really unique that that type of community got driven out of, you know, I learned that it kind of got driven out of what happened at some of the past Innovate Raleigh events and some other yeah. events in the community. And it's neat to see the legs that have extended in and outside of um, North Carolina, because it goes way beyond North Carolina for what Raleigh founded has done. And I, I, I feel honored to be a small part of that community and be welcome um, so openly, have crowdfunding CB open so welcomely, um, welcome so openly by that community as we got on the ground and as we continue to try to drive some impact across our state. That sounds great. Yeah. I, um, we're happy to have you. We're happy to have both of you and to continue to utilize your resources and help our members and hopefully connect you guys with some people that are influential and beneficial in your lives too. Uh, so before we say goodbye, is there anything I missed? Anything you were like, wait, I totally wanted to say this and I didn't um, before I sign off? Okay. Oh, go ahead, Ani. Uh, I was just saying, not that I can really think of. Yeah, I was just going to resound on, a, I think, a point that you made earlier, Anya, which is that what's really neat about investment crowdfunding is that it really provides the ability for founders to set their own terms and for anyone who loves knowing and trusts that business to be an investor um, in the community. And I think that's a, that's a neat world that we live in here that will completely change the, the landscape and the funding landscape as we move forward. And I think it's a positive change for our community and for our children for generations to come. Absolutely, I agree. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here today. If you want, drop some contact information where people can reach you. What's the best way that people can reach out to you, whether it's email, Slack, what's good? Yeah, sure thing. I mean, the easiest way to reach both Anya and I at the same time is just uh, hello at ncgrind.com. Um, if there are founders on the call, you can reach us at hello at crowdfundnc.com. And we're both happy to reply back or plug you into the appropriate partner across the ecosystem to help your business grow and scale. If it's investor side, happy to um, provide that education that's out there. Obviously, we can't provide advice, but we're happy to point people towards educational sources, just like others pointed us towards educational sources just as we were getting started. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate having you guys. Uh, you too. Thank you. Yeah.